What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit. Okay, ready? <laughs> I read the wrong line. Ready? One, two, ready, go. Of us riding nowhere, spending someone's hard-earned pay. You and me, Sunday driving, not arriving on my way back home. We're on our way home. We're on our way home. We're going home. Stephen Schwartz, this is Cricket Conversations. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, I got my friend, Taylor Rowski. Hey. Did I get it? What's up? Yes. Okay, cool, yeah. We're talking both with the uh, the audio, which obviously that comes out later, that episode, and we're on Instagram Live right now. Um, so we're also looking at the camera, and it's a great shot. We're actually at Taylor's studio today. For those watching and listening, you may notice a little bit different. It's a beautiful setup, um, <laughs> and the audio is a little different too. We're doing a condenser room mic capture as opposed to a being. Yeah. what you, yeah. So as opposed to dry miking, where we'd be a little closer, separate microphones. We're just doing a whole room capture, and uh, it's pretty great. So, all right, everyone, Taylor is an accomplished bassist, uh, guitarist, singer, songwriter, uh, freelancer. You have your own um, brand and band. You are a uh, playlist curator for the New Orleans Underground playlist you've created, uh, a merchandise creator, a uh, cassette, uh, to digi cassette digitizer, <laughs> and uh, which you did for me earlier. I'll talk about that in a minute. And, um, uh, and of course, you have a, newest, a new single out called Cheapest Flight. So we're going to talk about all of it. Did I miss anything? Uh... No, man, you nailed it on the head. Did I? Yeah. Oh, excellent. I did. That's great. I, I'm impressed. Oh. <laughs> I want to make sure. Also, he makes a hell of a cup of coffee. Y'all, I'm having and paninis. I've had a wonderful afternoon so far. Cheers, brother. Thank you so much for everything. We just clink some, uh, mm, some coffee. And I have a little clue on my coffee. Shh. shh, shh. <laughs> um, no, we've had, we've had a wonderful afternoon. Uh, so I came over here. I'm talking without even introducing. Taylor, you go ahead. You t <laughs> um, about some of the endeavors that you have going on. I don't want to talk away the whole time. So yeah, well, uh, who are some of the people you played with? I know you've done like Willie Green, right? Yeah, I played with Willie Green the Third a good bit. Okay, that's uh, Trevari. Trevari Huffboon, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, man, I love playing with Trevari. Trevari's working on his own project right now. Yeah, I'm right. Really excited. He's doing like a full electric, like futuristic deal. Oh, really? 
I'm so excited to play. That's out. really cool. So like uh like um the saxophone with like effects and everything or is he transitioning? Effects, tracks, uh Ooh, like nice. costumes. It's gonna be sick. Wow. It's, it's like a he's going like full blown like he was making like a future project. So Is is he still in, in New Sorry Trevor if I just like let the cat out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll be fine with it. Um, is he still based on New Orleans? He is. Okay. He's on tour with the Dirty Dozen a good bit. Oh, neato. Okay, that's awesome. Um, somebody else is on tour with Dirty Dozen uh, that I know. I remember hearing about that recently. I don't know. Um, so anyway, so okay, so Willie Green the Third, you did some touring with them, uh, mm-hmm. with him, and then Trevari, and you guys were in that project together, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who else? Who else are some of the freelance stuff that you've played with? Uh... Between the two of them, let me think. Who else? Uh, I can't think of a lot of like necessarily like names to drop or anything like that. Just general freelancing, and I, I'm also just getting started in the scene. I like we've known each other for a long time. Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, I I was working uh, part time when we went on the road, mm-hmm. and then nowadays, and then when COVID hit, I took a full time job as a youth pastor and basically stepped out of the scene for the two years. Oh, entirely. Okay. So, like, I'm basically, I don't want to say new because I have a lot of people I know uh, in the scene, but I'm I'm getting my my footing again. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Okay, I had no. I, you so uh, when I came in earlier, you were talking about uh, you had a steady job as the youth pastor, which uh, allowed you to <laughs> buy a house. Yeah, it was nice. pretty amazing. That's where we're at right now. Um, it's a beautiful place, man. Thank super you. cool. Super super cool spot on the North Shore uh, from uh, of Lake Pontchartrain across from New Orleans. Um, so, uh, so during COVID, actually, I'm, I'm really curious about that. So prior to that, uh, so that people understand you actually went on at least one tour, if not two with the Crooked Vines. We went on, we went on two. Yeah. You went on two. There was the one up to, uh, like Wisconsin area and like yes. Geneva and that wedding that we did in Madison. That was a wild time. <laughs> and then, uh, we're still pretty convinced I got drugged at that one house party at Lake Geneva. Oh, really? Yeah. I was so messed up. Remember? And I like rolled my yeah. ankle. I th- that makes a lot of sense. Because I went from like zero to 60 with that one tequila drink that that lady made, and she wouldn't let me watch her make it. She took it into another room from all the alcohol. She was like, no, 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 no. You can't watch me make it. And like took it into another room. And then I went from like, I went crazy mode. You did? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought you were really lit. That makes... I did. I was lit, but everyone says that I've drank so much more than... That was like one tequila drink. And then I think I took a couple shots of Jameson. And I was like... I barely remember. I, dude, I was so messed up. And yeah. I felt, and the hangover I had the next day was very bizarre. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they were having... Oh, I believe that. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we, t- we talked That's about crazy, that since dude. as like a band. That's so just like, crazy. Yeah. Um, we'll give context to that in a second. But okay, so we went on that tour. What was the other one that you did with us then? Uh, sh- we, Chicago, I think. Wasn't we, that the... We you did Chicago? two Northwest tours with us? Or Midwest, I mean, not Northwest. I think, Mid- yes. Oh, okay. I kind of forget. Yeah, we stayed at James's old house? No. On the way, yeah, St. Louis, in St. Louis. We or outside of St. Uh, not like by St. Louis, in Pinckneyville, yeah. Southern Illinois. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah we, Pinckneyville. Yeah, Pinckneyville. Because we did, yeah, we went to Chicago, I remember that, and we played Elbow Room. Cause, um, That's the name of the place. Yeah, it was yeah. like a downstairs thing. Was that the time with Paul McCartney's son, James McCartney? Were you on that one? No, I don't remember that. You don't? Okay. <laughs> Are you sure that wasn't it? Because I think he opened for us there. Huh. You had Paul McCartney's son, James McCartney. I wouldn't say open, but it was a, it was like a multi-band evening, and he, he played before we did. 
And it was like very yeah. strange. They had these like Paul McCartney fans were there, like these like old ladies in like Paul McCartney t shirts. And they were, just, it was like very weird. So you weren't there for that one. <laughs> the road is strange. Yeah, right. The road is so strange. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I don't remember that, but. Okay. It was, it was been, it's been a long time. That must have been four or five years ago. Well, at least, I mean, that would have been like 17 or 18, probably. Yep. You also played on our album release show for the second album. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, at Howl and Wolf. Yeah. That was 2017. So it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's been All a right. minute. Yeah. So, um, and I want to come back to the Lake Geneva story because that's wild. But let, let's, okay, so let's let's rewind. So you, so COVID hits and uh, you'd always been involved in ministry and youth pastor type of stuff and, and just the church in general community. Mm-hmm. So what happened when it, when it hit? You were just like, okay, music can't happen. So I have an opportunity. Uh, not necessarily at the time. Uh, I just, I felt called to it. Okay. Uh, and when, like I had actually taken the job, the, the, my first like full event that I ran by myself without the former guy there, mm-hmm. like the next day was the lockdown. Wow. Wow. So that's, um, like mid-March, right? That's when that all happened, like March 15th or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we had like uh, like an overnighter event, and then like the next day, it's just like every everyone's <laughs> at their house, <laughs> go home. Yeah, wow. Were you like freaked out that people might have had COVID or that that you might like contract or spread? A, or... a little bit, but at th- at that moment, it was even you know it was so early. It was it was the fear had it set in. It was more just like what's going on mm, moment. Okay, it's like we don't even know what what's happening at all. That's true. Yeah. God, I think back on that. I bought a car. Well, I leased a car. I had a lease that was up, like that month, and I like really like knocked down the doors. Like I got in and I got. It's actually the car that's outside right now. It's that car that I bought recently. Now, just the uh, like a month ago in 2023, because my lease was up. But at the time, I traded in my old lease and I got a new lease. And it was like I knew the lockdowns were coming. Like I knew it. So I got like I like took cash out from the bank. I went and got my my lease taken care of. I remember the guy who like you know was walking me around the lot and showing me cars and stuff i was like nope i know what i want i want the new model of my old car because it fits all my equipment exactly like mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a chevy Trax. i had a 2017 chevy Trax. i got a 2020 chevy Trax. and i remember we're sitting in the thing and he was like trying to show we're in the car and he's trying to show me on star and like we're sitting right next to each other i'm starting to bug out like literally on the tv of the dealership on lesson chevrolet on the west bank mike pence was on tv talking about lockdowns and shutdowns <laughs> and i was like yo, dude, I want to get out of this close space from you. Like, I don't want to be here right now. And he was just like, yo, let me show you about the OnStar. And I was like, I don't give a fuck about OnStar. <laughs> Dang that. Yeah, I was like, I don't I don't need, I don't need, like, in-car wi- Wi-Fi. I don't care. Like, I don't know. It was, like, one of those things. So I, I do recall that, this, like, urgency that something was going to happen. I definitely had this mm. foresight, I suppose. But, I mean, I think it was pretty obvious, too. Everyone could see it. There's, like, yeah. things were happening. New York was having issues. There were cases in on the West Coast. Yeah. I don't know. That's a weird time to think back on. It's like a like a haze that I don't even remember. Yeah. It was definitely a... It was very disorienting when it hit for... Uh, as, like, someone working in ministry, too. Because mm-hmm. it's so person-to-person. Mm-hmm. It's very personal. Sure. Like, a lot of, uh, you know, conversations face-to-face. Like, that's very important. You're yeah. developing relationships. Mm-hmm. And so, like, not having that, we went to, you know, all the the online stuff like that Mm -hmm. uh but and we were also like uh one of the first churches to get back together oh really yeah we took kind of like 
I'd say a little bit of a risk in doing it, but it also made a big difference because like uh, our church like blew up in numbers because they had nowhere else to go. Really? You know? And, and so, well, like, uh, from what to what? Like, how? Like, like uh, the youth ministry when we went to lockdown was like 15 or 20, maybe 30 kids. And then we were pushing like, uh, like 40, 45 when they came back. Wow. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, if they had nothing to do and you guys are yeah. welcoming everyone into the full, the flock, it's like, hey, we got, we got a space. We have something to do. We got yeah. games to play. Yeah. and. Like teenagers, especially, you know, they're just like so starved for that social connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's a really formative time of socialization for for uh, anybody. Oh yeah, and, like to to miss out on that can like actually like damage. No, uh, absolutely. What, when did you guys uh, open the the doors again? Uh, I can't. I mean, it's been so long now. I know it. It was only a few years ago, but it just feels like it was so long ago. But. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't give like an exact date. I just remember a couple it was, months later or something was, before. It was, uh, it was early, comparatively to the other churches in the area. Okay, right on. Well, hey, probably. I mean, as as, as long as everyone felt safe and nothing bad happened. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Looking back on that, it's like, you know, everyone, myself included, I was staying in my house, because uh, I transitioned to online lessons. Like, I thought I was out of a job when it when it all happened, and I was, you know, I mean, the gigs went away, but. I had all my lessons and I was getting some unemployment stuff and because of the gigs and yeah, I just kept rocking and rolling, but I was able to stay in my basically apartment for months and like leave and go shopping every couple of weeks and then come back and I'd go for walks and have fires and fucking because I live alone. So I really treasure that. But yeah, I think we all kind of not overreacted, but you know, looking back, it's like, man, there was a lot of confusion. Yeah, it was definitely, I think uh, there was a degree of panic. Yeah. going on where it's just like you know i'm trying to trying to think of examples like where like you know like whenever you'd have situations where people would be like well you need a mask and stand like you know six feet apart outside in the wind <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> yeah but, i mean i could see i could see how in the moment that was like this is all we know what to do so yeah. we're gonna try this so i'm yeah. not like saying that it's a bad necessarily like decision but it was just you know it was uh it is wild to think about like the measures we went to to not not catch it. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Dude, I was spraying down groceries for like way longer than <laughs> way longer than most people were, I imagine. Cuz I didn't know, you know, you just I just didn't yeah. know. I had my 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 safe space and I think a lot of people had that reaction that's really interesting is um like they were so in the thick of it, like almost going insane because they didn't know how to react. So they were so crazy, gloves at the store and, and, and wiping down groceries and doing all the crazy stuff. And I think within a couple months, they felt almost like tricked. So then they had the, like a, they springboarded. The to reaction the, yeah, to the other yeah, side. Yeah, to the complete opposite side, which is like, oh, I'm not going to do, you're stupid for doing that. I'm not going to do any of that. Yeah. You know, like this is ridiculous. And it's like, you know what, in reality, the healthy middle <laughs> like the reasonable down the middle would have been the best best path for every for everyone but um yeah i honestly i i think about it you know we're probably gonna have a pandemic again or some sort of viral outbreak you know with our globalization and more interconnectivity and transport and shipping and all these things mm-hmm. and uh digging into uh you know forest and industrialization so we're going to encounter something most likely and I have this worry that I think the next time it happens that there's going to be a large community of people that are just going to be completely dismissive mm-hmm. because of this one. Because it was like, oh, no, we were tricked. We were lied to. Government's not on our side. 
you know, was kind of the, uh, I, maybe like the, the takeaway for some people from the situation. No, they can't get their story straight. Oh, you know, yada, yada, this, yada, that, all vaccines, yada. Um, I actually am worried about what happens next time. And especially if it's like very serious. Yeah. Like really like, uh, stati- obviously COVID is serious, but a statistically significant yeah. number. Like a, the stand kind of Yeah, thing. like the stand. Did you ever yeah, read yeah. the stand? I've started reading. Well, I, I read it years ago and I started rereading it during the pandemic. <laughs> Did you have to put it down? Yes, I did. <laughs> but a hundred pages in, I was like, "Oh no, I can't." Uh. I made the very, very bad decision of watching. Uh, what is that? I am Legend. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Whenever it hit, I was like, "Oh man, this is relevant. I'll watch this." <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like the zombies are like destroying like New York. It's yeah. like up in flames. I was like, I like went to bed. I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> it's like that's like muddled in with all the other stuff now in my brain. Do that, yeah. That's yeah. I started rereading the stand for the first time in like a decade or more since I was in high school or something at the beginning of COVID in the lockdowns. So it's like, oh well, this you know it's relevant. Maybe I'll get and then I, like yeah, hundred pages in, I was like, nope, absolutely not. I can't deal with like it's too yeah. too on the nose. For those that don't know, the stand's like a Stephen King book about a pandemic that wipes out like 90, for 90, 95% of the population. Yeah, it's like 99.8 or something. Yeah, it's a very small number that's left. And, and everyone's is, just lonely. Like, the, 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 like yeah. the, the main thing that they're, like, they're, it's not like a panic mode. He gets past the panic mode and all that within the first, yeah, you know, few, like, few hours of reading it, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the world's already completely gone and it's just like everyone's just like wandering around like well we haven't seen a per- i haven't seen a person in like yeah months yeah and there's like dead bodies everywhere and like the wildlife is going you know just like seeping back into the cities and um and then of course there's this huge conflict between like good and evil and eventually mm-hmm. builds to a whole new like thing well, i it's can't like, wait to read that I'm, I'm in it right now i'm like oh you are yeah i haven't got to the wait what part are you at where am i i'm at uh what's the last thing i remember he just met up with that kid and that, uh, the kid who can't, like, talk. Oh, and oh, yeah, his, yeah, 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 like, yeah. surrogate mom. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I remember, yeah, he was in the jail cell and, like, the, because he got the shit beat out of him or something. That's earlier. Also read that part. Yeah. yeah. That's earlier. And then, yeah. Yeah, it's like 10 plots going in. So it's, like, yeah, and then I have a start- feeling they're going to meet. It seems like they're going to meet up or something. Oh, I don't want to. I don't. But know. you know what it's about, right? The whole thing. I don't know where it's going. I literally don't know at all. I'm what? Like, that blows I, my mind. I've literally told you almost everything I know. <laughs> I shouldn't say another word. I will say this: on the back cover, it says a battle between good and evil. Oh, like somebody told me, uh, <laughs> Geo Blackmon from uh, like Mother Abigail and all that from Bad Storm Studio. We, uh, I mentioned it to him, and he's like, "That's my favorite book." And he's like, you "Just wait, it's gonna be so cool." So oh, dude, you love? Yeah, it. well, it has to. Do, I mean, there there is a monument. I mean, the really good versus evil and you know not to give anything away but it is i mean it's on the it's like this tagline or something so um there's also a a made for tv miniseries in the 90s with gary sinise uh of that i think there was a newer one with james martin or something i didn't watch it stephen king adaptations are like either like iconic or garbage (laughs) you know there's like uh shawshank redemption and uh, i don't know like the shining and and then it's like and then you have like the Langoliers or something, yeah. <laughs> or, or whatever, like made for TV stuff. Um, 
So, all right. So let, let's, I want to get back a little bit to you. So, um, yeah, again, today, you, you know, I'm at your place. Uh, you did this really cool thing where you helped me convert uh, this old cassette tape that I had, uh, that I did of demos before people had phones. You just do voice memo. You know, I did a cassette tape demo in high school of just stuff in my house on this, like, old karaoke machine. But on it, most significantly, was um, two takes of me and my dad, who's passed away a couple years ago, do uh, singing the harmonies, doing a duet of Two of Us by the Beatles from the album. Album, let it be uh, me playing guitar and singing and so that really meant a lot just uh, we were sitting here you made me you made us paninis and we were having a beer and uh you know so i got a little choked up inside so thank you i appreciate that it's like a a magic uh as i said to you at that time of bringing it's like time traveling almost or, or at least being yeah. able to like look through a uh, like a, a magic portal to the past or listen in this case listen to a magic port through a magic portal to the past so yeah yeah i, I definitely have a passion for like uh found audio like that's something that i really like in 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 my music uh i like to include like bits chopped up of just like old tapes i found and some uh, some of old tapes i made like growing up yeah uh especially tape like just has like this mystical kind of quality of just like you know it it dies really quickly Mm -hmm. and it starts to distort and get all funky sounding i love that yeah why why do you think that you love that what is it about that it's, uh, I've always just enjoyed like stuff that looks a little beat up. I'm not. I, I kind of like a little bit of like, I don't know, patina, grunt, grunginess mm-hmm. on things. I like old things, mm-hmm. junky looking things. Kind of like intrigue me, and I guess in sound, I get a similar, similar kind of feeling from it. Well, what's interesting is I would say that your new single, Cheapest Flight, you're wearing a t-shirt of it, actually. For for those for the Instagram viewer, Cheapest Flight, Departure, Bumpy, Arrival, Improbable, I'm describing this for the listener, <laughs> Gate, Outside, Boarding Time Delayed, Seat to be Determined, Boarding Z Group, <laughs> Class, No Class, O, and Bag. No handbag, no personal item. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, no, yeah. So, um... Yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, that is actually something that sounds so clean and polished. Your new single, Cheapest Flight, that people should listen to out now under Taylor Browski <laughs> on um, on Spotify and Apple Music. Uh, yeah, that's true. That, that one does kind of sound more on the polished side. I think uh, I have another record in the works, and I think it's going to feature. I've recently started to get into that kind of like beat up lo-fi. I don't want to say lo-fi because that's kind of like a almost a genre now but yeah kind of yeah low low fidelity kind of sound so i can't wait for my listeners to hear hear that stuff when it drops too i'm excited for that still check out cheapest flight but uh no everyone should well as i was saying it's, it's so polished um in a way i was actually really surprised actually i wrote down exactly when i listened to it i was so this is what i said it's like sufjan sufjan stevens Prague folk fusion of long distance longing and I, and I say this uh, not as, as as a compliment, with like this innocent Charlie Brown element. I don't mm. know why, but I, I remember you had those shoes when we were on tour, the Charlie uh. Brown shoes. I don't know if I connected because of that, but I still have this like, uh, Charlie Brown embodies this um, optimism, mm. right? He's always going for the football. He's always going to kick it. He always thinks it's going to work out, right? Even though yeah. he's always going to take it away. Or he's always, you know, he's always looking at the silver lining or he's always finding the positive in the clouds or whatever. Um, so I, I kind of connected that to this song, this idea of like optimism, longing, and like the, 
the romance of things. In fact, I, mm-hmm. I wrote that as, as as some of the other things uh, from listening to like Righteous Man, which which has some tape stuff at the beginning, a kind of yeah. Um, you know, uh, you did you you tape that in person? Yes. Yeah, okay, I recorded that, that uh, while I was doing an open mic. Just like drop the task cab, use none of the actual music, but all the other found audio. Of course, that's, that's what I like. That's amazing. Yeah, see, it's like the connecting things. I totally understand that. Um, yeah, like some of the, I guess, themes of yours is like love and passion, romance, family, community. Those seem to be really important aspects of your like, probably like lyrical content as well as the musical uh, embodiments. Yeah, uh, Trevari told me uh, he, he would put me on like a Pixar movie of like Brother Bear or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, I think my music does have like a certain kind of maybe almost. Uh, yeah, like a very homey kind of feel mm-hmm. as like I go for that. Um, I, I'm Christian, so I'm really big on like family life, on uh, like tight knit community and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it bleeds into my music mm. a good bit. Um, sure, but it's not overtly Christian per se. It's not Christian music specifically. I mean, not, not necessarily. No, no. But, you know, as a Christian person, it's just gonna like the mm-hmm. undercurrents ever gonna are gonna make it into the music. Sure, I mean, we could say that for anyone who's like a, a Buddhist or something yeah. as well. Anyone who's like uh, p- passionate about a, a path or spirituality, or at least it's influential on their their day to day lives. Yeah. Um, but why? Why? But aside from Christianity, perhaps an underlying thing like why do those resonate for you? Is it just because it's so meaningful from from growing up, or these are these are pillars of of strength that you can draw from? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, kind of. I, I mean, there's. To me, like for from the Christian side of it, um, you know, it's it's the values are not separable from the faith itself. It like draws from it, mm-hmm. um, in that like, uh, you know, Jesus dying on the cross, mm-hmm. uh, for me, is something to where like he gives himself to me totally and completely, mm-hmm. and so like it reflects in my music because I want to make a music that gives itself to another person. Hmm. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, I'm trying to think of other examples of it. Like self-sacrifice in a presentation. Mm-hmm. Like I'm here, it, I'm putting out for you. It's a, like a gift. Maybe yeah. it makes me relate to people in a certain way. Hmm. You know, it makes me want to relate to people like, um, in a way that like I try to, uh, you know, uh, you know, be, be as kind as humanly possible. And you know, in that, in that way because Jesus did that for me Mm, mm -hmm. and like if he lives in me then I have to embody that and so oh uh, I see okay at the same same time it works its way into the music Mm -hmm. uh in that I have you know my big values for me are like uh fidelity like um I would say kindness is a big value for me Mm -hmm. um optimism like you you mentioned optimism Mm mm-hmm uh, you know, kind of uh, trying to think of other things. Love is a very important value to me. Yeah, no, I... and so those things kind of like work them way their way in into the music and kind of that's why I think that I have kind of like like you said like almost uh like a romantic or kind of like uh I forget how you put it you put it way better than I could. <laughs> <laughs> well. I'm trying to be a podcaster. It's my yeah, job yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> to, to articulate. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so, and some part of that, I think those things you touch upon, I, I, I think those are value or those are quality values for 
uh, any or valuable qualities for any any person to have and embody aside from actually their their faith as well too. I know you said that in, in for you person they were inseparable almost mm-hmm. that you know one leads into the other they're con- so connected, um, which is good because some Christians. I don't think are those. They don't respect no. those values. They're and I and so we may have talked about this before. Maybe at Lake Geneva, I, I don't, <laughs> don't quite recall. I apologize for any uh, uh, <laughs> any any offense Sorry. meant, but um, or uh, t- uh, t- t- taken. But I uh, there are people who who uh, what would you say? They're just self-proclaimed Christians, or or maybe they wear it on their sleeve. But yeah. or or that's all they do. I don't know how to quite. I think you're getting at. It's almost like it's it's, it's cultural. Yes, it's a it's a cultural thing, and it's almost like it's a suit that they can take off. Maybe that's a better yes. way to put it. It's an outfit that they get to put on and parade around uh, in front of other people culturally and, yeah. and say, oh, this is, oh, oh, no, no, hey, hey. And then they don't embody that or turn around and love yeah. their neighbor. They don't, uh, they're not helping anyone. They're not actually spreading kindness. In fact, they're quite insipid or, 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 or uh, gossipy or spreading or lies even yeah. or, or acting uh, inharmonious with that those values. So. Those, um, I, I don't perceive you to be that person, nor per, probably your family, but w- how do you uh, reconcile those things uh, in, in day-to-day life, in, f- in faith or your community or church or something, or just encountering those people, and d- does that make you upset? Well, uh, I guess the way I think about it, and you, you, I like how you put it almost like a suit. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if, like if somebody was to, how do I put this? Someone can put on a suit of a firefighter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That doesn't right? make them a firefighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the problem's not the problem's not with the fire department. Yeah. Necessarily, it's with you know the person who wears the suit of the firefighter. Oh man, that's a great yeah. That's and a great the analogy pa- and, we just and made together. the person that does that doesn't mm-hmm. have any power to save, either. Like they, they they're not gonna be able to save you from a firefighter. They're not. I'm from, from a, a fire. fire. Yeah, of course yeah, they don't have the wherewithal. They're not they know how. So they could probably they would probably hurt themselves and hurt others. By it's way more dangerous, itself. yeah, by putting on the suit. In fact, they're not being true or honest, and therefore it's hurting everyone. Yes. And wow. so uh, that's always been like a kind of a way that, I, that I've explained, or not explained, but kind of like thought about that is, you know, uh, you have to, you know, that's, you have to have the firefighter in you, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, and, no. and also there's like a... a you know, in terms of Christianity, we have doctrines of, like, the Holy Spirit. That yes. God lives in you. So, like, uh, just like you wouldn't call a guy in a firefighter suit a firefighter, I wouldn't necessarily call a person who calls themselves Christian a Christian. Mm. Yeah. Uh, they're Presbyterians, I come from a Presbyterian background, mm-hmm. which is, uh, and we make a distinction between uh, the visible church and the invisible church. Oh, can you elaborate, um, please? So, like, visible church would be, like, everyone who's... Um, you know, born into the faith so much, so to speak, like they're, you know, raised in the church or whatever. Mm-hmm. We minister to them to the same way like, as we would to, you know, a non-believer or a believer. We sure. minister, we min- but, uh, you know, the, the the distinction is that, you know, a true Christian has the spirit in them that, you know, uh, and they walk, they walk by the spirit, meaning that they like, um, that Christ is embodied in them, in their actions. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, so I, I guess the distinction is, is that one has the, I don't want to say the wherewithal, but like the power is given them given to them to be able to live in that way. Where the other person wants the benefits of, you know, 
that faith, but not necessarily the burden oh, of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a great way. Yeah, benefits and without the burden. Yeah, yeah. The uh, rewards, uh, rewards without even the work. Say, I shouldn't even say burden. I, I, I because under, yeah, to, you know, to a, have God should be is a not joy. a burden. Yeah, it's not a burden. No, I, I understand. I think, um, yeah, burden. I, yeah, burden wouldn't be the right. I'd word. say the person that that would act in the putting on the suit way mm-hmm. views God as a burden. Yeah, there you go. That's probably uh, that's probably it. Yeah, sure. You know. It's a it becomes an oppression for them or something. Yeah, burden to yeah. To, to to embody that. Well, yeah, because you're gonna you're gonna act based on who you think who you think and what you think God is, and so like, hmm. uh, you know, to that to a person that acts like that, well, really, God's not really God to them. They're God. Mm-hmm. They're going to act in a way that you know is self serving. Uh, sure, they see well, themselves as the as the center of it, and even God is like a tool in their own arsenal of things and getting what they want. Absolutely, or or somebody that they need to please or avoid or like trick or like just you know they, they have to hide something from, yeah. where like the of course one of the tenets is that or or, or, or the, the pillars of it all is like well you can't hide anything, yeah it's all percept perceivable by God yeah. or the Spirit or who you know whatever the the umbrella um, uh, entity is in yeah. this in this scenario. Um, do you, it, in in uh, Presbyterian is Yahweh or Yahweh? Depending on how you pronounce it, is that the the father? Do you still do you, like the Trinity? Yeah, we, is still we hold to a Trinitarian model. You yeah. do, okay, yeah. Which is an uh, unusual like way for a monotheism to be polytheism, <laughs> 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 right? It's almost like a little loophole. But but they all like right. It's still like a central. I don't know. It's it's very. I I have always found that interesting as I, I read books about religion. And uh, Karen Armstrong has a really great one um, called I think like Five Thousand Years of um, Monotheism: The History of Like uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Um, and then like, you know, it was like Council of Trent or something. It was like one that like, they were trying to like firm up like the Judaism belief of Yahweh, the the single God with the new, you know, Christ as a, as a son, the son of God with this concept of like a Holy Spirit, which is like another thing. So this is kind of like, how do we sure this up? So I still, I still am curious as how people actually put that into practice because that was always a little like tricky for me growing up Roman Catholic. Yeah. Uh, the Trinity, I think, first off, would be like, it's it's definitely a mystery. It's something that's like, you'll never, I, I don't think I'll ever be able to fully wrap my head around it, but it can be like better understood and better explained, you know, the more you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, what we what we do know is that like, uh, if you go if you if you get into the Bible, each person of the Trinity is referred to as God, mm-hmm. like. And not independently of each other. They'll be like, Jesus, who is the spirit? Yes. And so it's like, okay, so we know they're that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, in every, all three ways, mm-hmm. or, yeah, you'll see see them equated with one another. If I, if, so, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. And so, in, so, in some way, you know, the one God shows up in, you know, in different ways. I've seen, there's like a cool, uh, there's this, this uh, YouTube channel, The Bible Project. Mm-hmm. And they have a whole thing on the Trinity. Okay. Uh, but they they picture they picture like a almost like if you ever read you ever read Flatland. Mm mm. I don't know. Those that. Old, it's like a it's like a book about all that. I don't even want. To. Okay. <laughs> it's such a weird book, but uh. Is like a is it's a like, fiction book or what is this? Uh, it's a fictional book. Yeah, we can kind of slightly go into it. It's like a it's this little strangest book. It's a, it's a book about a a, a dot. <laughs> a dot. A dot. Okay. And then, is he a point? He's a dot, and I think he goes to, like, 
So he's like a one di- one dimensional being. Oh. And it okay. goes to Lineland, and then all of a sudden, oh. well, he's no only under no. I think it go big to small. So it's like a like a like a like a cube goes to like Flatland. Is this a kids book or an illustrated book? I read it in high school. Oh. But yeah, yeah, he goes from like three dimensional world to two dimensional world. Oh. And so it's like. Huh. You know, and no, no one in this like two dimensional world can see him as three dimensional because they're only two dimensional. Oh, that's And so cool. they can't. So they see him as uh, you know a two dimensional being, and then like he like goes down to like a line land, and then they can only see him as one dimensional. He goes to point land, and all he can see, he can see him as, as himself. It's oh, like, it's a very strange book. That's but, interesting. It's like a singularity. <laughs> like, but yeah, so the idea the idea is that like a a god that is like you know far beyond just our dimension like mm-hmm. can present as one when he enters into this like into our dimension like can it might look like more than one point oh no I more than that. one being though he is one I as was, he enters in i was gonna say i think i think that's yes I, I think it's like a dispersal of energy almost like why wouldn't you be able to embody different things yeah um it's almost like an avatar you know, if I play a video game, I can actually have multiple avatars, potentially, if I create yeah. different files and stuff. It's That's still true. me. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to perceive it. Somebody has, uh, Duncan Trussell has a really great thing, because he's like a Buddhist and Christian. But he doesn't actually believe that Jesus was real, but he like imbo- he loves the like what Christianity brings to the table. and But he kind of believes Jesus is real. It's also like, he'll talk about like, he's like, because he'll go down this like thing. He's like, sometimes he's like, I think, sometimes I think we're in a simulation. And if you read the Bible, especially while you're on acid, but you read it from this perspective of like the creator is the programmer and we're in a simulation it, it makes way more sense i was like what so i like started to do that one day and i was like it does make a little bit <laughs> like there is <laughs> at least the new testament not the old testament that that there's a lot of the old testament that's <laughs> kind of <laughs> i don't know how much that makes sense but the new testament does have that kind of idea of like a creator programmer or something embodying an uh, a, a flesh avatar of flesh to you know just, Put out whatever good, good message, good word. Now I had somebody on the podcast. Um, I don't mind saying. Oh, I'm not gonna say her name, but she's a really. There's only so many females have been on the podcast. You can probably figure it out. She's, <laughs> she's um, and I do have to have more females. I've been asking. I've been asking. We're, we're gonna have some more on too. I, I don't want it to be just a total dude fest. All my buddies, all my bros. But um, uh, she's Pentecostal, and which is pretty interesting. There's like talking in tongues and stuff, which. Well, a little, little extreme for me, but she, we, we had a bit of a debate because uh, I, I was one for her. It was extremely important that Jesus Christ is a very real existed historical figure. And my point was that I was like, well, there's no way for any of us to know. And I think to me, taking the tenets of the religion and the messaging and understanding perhaps like the symbolism of it is what is important as long as you believe in like the faith of the, the energy, let's say. Is it important for you, potentially, uh, and I mean no offense by this, but is it important for you that Jesus was real? Is that like... like? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's yeah, part of it, too. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely... Yeah, because the the doctrines of Christianity have to do uh, fundamentally with sin and salvation. Mm-hmm. from sin, Or salvation from sin and death. Yeah. And so Jesus, you know, for the, for the religion to actually work, has mm-hmm. to, like... Um, has to die a human death because if he doesn't then you're not united to it like his death and that means you're not united to his resurrection that's a great point do you think but could there be a symbolic like ego death or something inside of there could there be another type of death that's that in like 
I guess like the so. sacrifice of um, love that doesn't have to be literal per se. I think the thing is the you know the the way that I view um, the afterlife mm-hmm. like I will not die. Okay. <laughs> You heard it this here, fo- you heard it here, folks. Taylor Morowski will not, not die. die. No, that's <laughs> a that's a promise. That's a Morowski promise. That is a Morowski promise. I, I no, I, there. Um, I mean, I understand that's, what that's you a mean. Historical it, Christian belief is yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Is that death is defeated uh, because Jesus rose from the dead and right, uh, we're raised with him in this life. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, I'd say that like the those doctrines are inseparable from the Christian faith. And especially because, like, um, the virtues that come with it are also tied tied to the resurrection. Uh, mm, yeah. Like, the whenever the, the writers in the Bible bring up different virtues, they always tie it to the resurrection of Jesus in some way, shape, or form. Uh, especially yeah, it's in like the, the resurrection slash Testament. redemption. That's yeah. kind of there's like the, the embodiment of yeah. that. So like Paul, he says like I've been raised with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Yeah. So he's he 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 gives you an if then he's like because mm-hmm. because Jesus rose from the dead, and I will raise it from the dead. Mm-hmm. He lives in me, so I'm gonna live. You know, I'm gonna embody that. Mm. Okay, I got that. Now when when you say live forever, you mean in a, in an afterlife. Yes. Um, now do you believe that other people who aren't of the faith then don't? get to enjoy that or don't have that the same situation uh i would probably say well no i yes <laughs> so <laughs> I, I not yeah god um that you know i, I like to kind of whenever i answer this kind of question mm-hmm. it's always really important to me to answer it like personally to a person sure because it can sound extremely callous you know, if I'm just like, uh, if, if I'm just like, if you're not of the faith, then, you know, you suffer death and I don't. Yeah. That's, uh, and that's, you know, something that can be, uh, very troubling <laughs> for, well, for people yeah. when they hear it. Cause they, they want that a lot of times it's viewed, um, even if they don't believe what I believe, mm-hmm. you know, it's viewed that like, I think that, um, you know, that I in some way think of myself as above them and want them to to enjoy it, to have that kind of Of course thing. there could be a superiority or elitism or something something baked in there, of course, because if you're saying, yeah, if you say something like that, yeah, yeah. well, I get so, this and you don't. Yeah, but. it's a big, you know, it's a it's a big claim, but I think at the root at the root of the reason that it's, it's very controversial, because, like, I think it's controversial to people who won't even, who don't even want to come into the faith. You know, they'll say, well, how can you say something like that? Well, I think... Uh, if I had to now, I think that we could square this up in a different way. I think maybe um, because that seems to be like a, a, a very linear jump, this concept of like, okay, you know, uh, th- this idea of like death, or you don't you don't suffer from the death or something like that. I think maybe if you're uh, aware of like the Kabbalah or any of the, the different Sephiroth that, that, you know, you might be able to tra- travel through in Jew- Jewish mysticism, um, or perhaps the Bardo, I think that's part of the, the Hindu religion, uh, uh, that the, perhaps, like, if you align yourself, similar with Buddha or something, if you align yourself with the faith, let's say you're, um, you walk with the goodness, we'll call it, let's just say that, that perhaps it, then you, you get to supersede 
the area in between. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the first uh, the first one that aligns with the moon, mm-hmm. that first Sephiroth. That's where like souls go. It's like the first meeting place. You don't even have to travel on from there. The idea of the Kabbalah is that one would travel through the path of the Kabbalah, and then when you really when you reach Kether, the Godhead, that actually that's God, and then you might be able to be reborn. You might be able to or not, whatever. But on the way there, you don't necessarily you don't have to travel, and there's even a hell on the way there. So the idea is the first stop it, it aligns with the moon. I forget. Um, but uh, answer in the comments, folks. <laughs> Let me know because I'll, I'll look it up when, we, when we're done. But that first place, that's where the souls go. It's like the meeting room almost of the afterlife. Mm-hmm. And it's like very passive. And it's almost like that's actually where we would embody our, our corporeal, physical, our first form, what we are now. That's who we are. Um, and as you travel, you awaken and meet your other past forms or lives or other spirits and other things. And you become more and more, like you said, you travel from 3D to 2D to 1D. You travel in this way of like you are stripping away ego and self. So if I had to put it in a different way, I would say, well, perhaps you walking with God, if we put it under that moniker, is like you actually, you you, you go. You go to the next path. Part, you, you move past that waiting room, what you might call limbo perhaps, a purgatory. You don't even have to suffer through that. This is like, you. no, you've aligned yourself spiritually. You get to go on to the next part. Hmm. Yeah, I've not, I've not necessarily studied. I haven't studied any of that. So I highly I, recommend I, I wouldn't it. be able to speak on it, but I'd love to hear more about it. You absolutely should. In fact, there's a really wonderful, if you, from Alan Moore, the, the author, he wrote like Watchmen, mostly graphic novels hmm. is what he's known for. Watchmen, From Hell, V for Vendetta. I'm sure you've heard of these, like they yeah. from their movies as well. Yeah, his uh, Promethea, is this awesome graphic novel series that is, I mean, it's a really start to, it's a beginning to end concept and it embodies philosophy and religion and spirituality and they actually go through the, path, the paths of the Kabbalah and it's, it's really amazing. Um, so I highly recommend that with a visual. Uh, J.H. Mm-hmm. Williams III is one of the like, best fucking uh, graphic artists, animate, er, illustrators like ever. And um, yeah, I mean, it'll blow your mind too. It's just, it's beautiful and spiritual and it also involves like uh, tarot and mysticism and all stories. But these things are all connected. There's, it's, you know, perhaps I think his point that he makes that I also kind of see is like perhaps sometimes we're also looking through uh, the same, we're looking at the same thing with different lenses, hmm. right? So the words that we use, like as you said, how can we even understand God or the Trinity or something? Perhaps we, none of us can put it correctly into words, but there's just different ways to perceive it. Yeah. Maybe, but I don't know, because I feel like even, like, I've, I've kind of, like, there's to cl- the claim that, like, all of us, you know, have, like, a sliver of the truth, but none of us has the full truth. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a super common, like, uh, belief in our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I've my the the only thing the thing that I have like a a little bit of like the problem I see with it is like it's also an absolute truth claim. Hmm. Okay, how, yeah, go on, how so? Like uh if you have, you know, 10 20 old blind men mm-hmm. and they're all around an elephant trying to figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. And like one of them is grabbing the trunk, and he's like, "Oh, I think we found a snake." And the other person's like feeling the side. And he's like, "Oh, I think we've we got a rhino." And it's like, "Yeah, you know, none of them all have the the claim is you know none of them all of them have a little bit of, and they see it different, but they don't they don't they can't fully know what it is. But yeah. they can all can get around and kind of be close. Uh huh. But in order to make that claim, you'd have to see the whole elephant. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there's like a there is no there is yeah the the idea that you know um 
no one can arrive at truth is itself a truth, which I find to be kind of a... <laughs> I see what you get. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. And, you know, that... that, that, that <laughs> I've that heard understanding, the elephant one before. That's, yeah, yeah, that that, that, that understanding before. of it is like... Uh, um, you know, in, in, other, in some parts of the world, you know, uh, so I've heard. I've not been over, you know, to Israel or something. In, the, in places where you have a lot of different religions that stand, mm-hmm. you know, put, put their feet in the sand, so to speak. And you know, literally. That, that, you know, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> love that. Yeah, the, you know, there's, a, uh, there's, an un- there's an understanding that they might not end up at the same truth, but, you know, they're able to coexist within the truth that they've set their feet in. I uh, certainly am advocating for when I say these things that's what I'm advocating for is the the concept of like peaceful. Yeah. You know, it's not even unification. Everyone can have their separate ideas. Peaceful separatism yeah. perhaps. But that everyone can have their things. It's kind of like a way to have your cake and eat it too, you know. But I get what you're saying that like yeah, saying that we cannot perceive the truth is is its own truth. But there's something about that yeah, I guess that's a tough one to square up because, I mean, hey, then it's like, well, I was about to say, like, Satanism is just as legitimate. But what's interesting about, like, the Church of Satan is that it's about, like, hedonism, but it's not about, like, hurting others. I don't know if you're familiar with, like, the LeVay or, um, what's it, what's that? Yeah, LeVay. I've, I've heard of, like, there's, I've heard of, like, the sect of Satanism that's more of, like, yeah, like you said, hedonistic kind of like. It has nothing to do with Satan. Self. They don't even believe in Satan. <laughs> it's yeah. just. I mean, they, they do have occult, though. Uh, there's two different ones. One is a I cult. Think, the other is kind of, I guess you could call it a cult, but I think it's just like, I don't know even what it is, but it's like, um, it's almost like trolling. Hmm. It's almost like yeah, a cult yeah. of trolling. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. Anton, there, Anton LaVey. A, Anton LaVey. I think hmm. that's the, the, the founder of one. There's the, there's like the Church of Satan and then the official. There's two different things. And one of them is totally like, it, and it's interesting because it's like, it's almost like the, the idea, the, the, uh, like true capitalism is like doing good for you does good for others because you like if you're doing well you will spread well you will spread mm-hmm. good if you're good with yourself you will spread goodness around you if you feel bad about yourself you will be miserable you're a miserable sack of shit who will not <laughs> treat other people poorly <laughs> if you're happy you know and you're doing well you spread goodness if you make more money you hire employees and they they make the money and yada 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 that's the now obviously is that uh is that something that has proven itself to be true over time no of course there's like ways to gain a system but the 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 underlying kernel right the notion of that there is something to that i think so um i'm not endorsing satanism by the way (laughs) 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 i just i I do find these things i find these things fascinating i love reading about uh religion and i love hearing perspectives and um and having a civil discourse where people can talk about it too you know uh i i recommend so yes i recommend looking up the uh, things about the kabbalah reading what i just told you uh alan moore and jh williams third's prometheus it's a really wonderful five book graphic novel but available in like uh you know an omnibus uh volumes i'm sure and then um john marco allegro uh that book um the uh the, uh, what the sacred mushroom and the cross? His whole thing was just like you know, it's a it's all a, a, a psychedelic fertility cult, and he like he, he translated the Dead Sea Scrolls. He was one of the, the, the few people who translated in, in man, and he also read like the the Essenes and and some of the Gnostic Gospels and like in like the seventy. Uh, yeah, his his interpretations are way out there. 
like way out there, man. I don't even want to. I don't even necessarily want to go down that road because I, I might even offend you in like some of his standpoints. But it's like it's not real. It's 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 all it's all has to do with like literally psychedelic mushrooms and like, like fertility. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's like a completely different interpretation. Reading the original like, Hebrew and Aramaic and translating it. And like it's nuts and like Greek yeah. and stuff. It's it's really cool, but it's worth checking out because then you go, okay, well, what do I feel about this? Yeah. How do I feel about this? Same thing with Karen Armstrong. She's a wonder. I mean, I, she wrote so many books. She's a professor, and she was a nun for many years, and then like kind of turned away from the faith, but started being an academic about it and wrote all these like it's it's really fascinating. And her thing was kind of like, well, Jesus probably existed. Maybe even like he was just a rabbi from like even eighty years. ADBC or something, but it's like the, this story around him that became important, right, throughout the history of it. And then Constantine incorporates the religion into the Roman Empire, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like this history of it. And but but I guess you know how squaring it up is like okay, but there's there's a simple there's there's meaning for people. Like that's the yeah. thing. It's like the immaterial becomes material. Yeah. Which I think is a part of Christ. It's like the flesh. The material becomes the immaterial. The material becomes the immaterial. Like the, there's the, the one does not end, because we does that make sense? Distill what you just said a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> I just mean like 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 the idea like uh, uh, like memes. The idea an idea is still meaningful just because it might not mm. exist. Yeah. Right. Or if it does exist, but it doesn't exist in the exact capacity that you believe it to, but it has meaning. Yeah. You know, we have these these ideas that we structure reality around, or or civilization, right? They're concepts. Like, yeah. I guess the I guess the reason that I that it's such an important doctrine to me mm-hmm. is that like, um, yeah, the doctrine of like a an actual physical resurrection mm-hmm. will totally change the way that you live. And well, think- yeah, because it defies that it's like the one. Right? Oh no, Lazarus. He raises Lazarus from he the dead. He raises La- Lazarus from the dead. So there's two. But like in history. <laughs> yeah. But if you if, right, you know the if you're not going to die, yeah. Like then it changes the way that you deal with the material world. And it change it changes the way like it it informs the way that I like, you know. Deal with my things. It's like. I, what do you if, mean? Like yeah. Um, like to give to other people to, um, you know, sacrifice my time mm-hmm. for other people. It's like you're doing that today, and I, I appreciate have, it. <laughs> I have like I appreciate it really. I have, yeah, man. But the it's like if I, uh, you know, I don't have to make it in this life. Mm. That's an insane. That's an insanely liberating thing. It's like sure. I don't have until I die to, to make, make it. it. Because you exist on, right? Not not literally here on this particular yeah. earth. But like, but like an actual resurrection, bodily resu- resurrection. Because like, Christian doctrine doesn't land in heaven. It lands in the renewal of the world, and an actual physical resurrection. Do you? So yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So that means that <laughs> in the next life, uh-huh. for you know, I I believe that I'm gonna it's going to be as real as you and me standing in front of each other mm-hmm. and you know with perfected minds perfected bodies perfected relationships do you think that and, would be heaven or is it just a next reality another uh, perhaps a parallel dimension if we had to turn it into like sci-fi terms or something or, fi- or, or, or actually quantum physics or theoretical physics if we we're talking a, about like a parallel dimension you're just a set, you're going on to a different place oh no this this world this uh, the one we're in 
uh, Earth's uh, C six one oh six, like Marvel has. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that like literally embodied here. Do you this, actually think it's a reincarnation one. or you like a perfection? How so? Because we obviously like grandparents or parents or whoever, like family members have died. What happened to them? They raised. Where? Here. But where here? We don't interact with them, right? Like, like I'm in the next life, not now currently. So you think the next life? Let me. Jesus returns. Oh. There's a oh, final judgment. Oh, I see. So you die, you're in the ground. Because actually, because this is actually, there's a literal thing that I'm trying to understand. Yeah. So, so physically, you're dead. You die, you're in the ground. You're in the ground. Yes. And then, and your spirit or is, cremated, or, or cremated, spread ashes at wherever. But, yeah. You know. But but your your and your spirit is limbo, or do you fast forward to the resurrection? Spirits with God. Spirits with God. Okay. Yeah. And resurrection. And so you're in some sort of heaven situation, some sort of yeah. like, and it could be, it could be like just closed eyes, it's, dark nirvana, but it could be like be feeling of love or goodness, or it could be blurry in the scriptures. But Paul says to be absent uh, in the body is to be present with the Lord. Okay. And so, basically, you're with God. Whatever until, that means. Until the re- the resurrection of the living and the dead. And then, then it's all uh, corporeal forms are resurrected back here on earth. Yes. Huh. And so the the thing is like, whether whether you think that's crazy, or not, you know, I I understand like I understand. Do you believe is that is that you what you have? I believe I will to? be raised on the last day. Okay, cool. Um, bodily, bodily just as crazy as anything else. And <laughs> so. Bodily and physically, and so, and I understand that like for a lot of people that's a big claim. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, if someone doesn't agree with me, I'm not mad about it or nothing like that. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it totally changes the way that you live to to well, sure to like to have you know when i say a hope it's like not necessarily like i hope that like it will not rain later but it's like i have <laughs> something that i say okay i might not make it in this life i may be completely unsuccessful mm-hmm. i may suffer until the day that i die um and my life has meaning and value yeah. significance and it won't like you know, nothing in this life can possibly like uh, make it a bad life. Sure, and that, honestly, that regardless of what happens, that that mindset alone would probably give you tools for success and a, a positive the positive outlook or the the idea the appreciation for I am where I, exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm here. Yes, I'm here where I'm supposed to be. I try to do that myself. It's almost like a a, a meditation exercise or like a like a mind mental exercises like just sit and love yourself in the moment for who you are even if you're having a bad day or just yeah. in the moment that's a therapy thing i do therapy now i talk about it on the podcast yes. not news for anyone who's been listening i probably talk about <laughs> it more than i should but yeah but yeah just being present being in the moment and then accepting yourself that's the biggest thing accepting and loving yourself and if you do that then yeah i mean then i believe that kind of helps turn you around you're not beating yourself up you're not hating yourself you're not you're not punishing yourself in fact that devil uh satan that you know if we were to put a a name to it that that's what that is is like the punishment of your own the agony you can live in hell on earth right you can agonize over your choices or what to do next or everything but if you go take a big breath i try to do breathing exercises lately too take a big breath and and then and love yourself i'm exactly where i am it's like okay 
hey, I'm not, I'm not gonna compare. Like you said, I'm not, I don't have to be all this. And and yet you reap. You personally, Taylor has have, have reaped. It looks like awesome benefits. You know, this like wonderful thing going on. We're in your house. It's a beautiful house. You have uh, you've, your passion. You follow your passion for music. Um, you have love in your life and family and community and all these things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that at the same time, like uh, I th- I think just it should be mentioned that like if those things were to go away, mm-hmm. that that wouldn't destroy the the meaning of of it sure you know like i i, I don't want to come across as like a prosperity gospel type person whenever it meant whenever whenever you mentioned like i do have like a, i have a house i have like family and all those things yeah. like these blessings but they're you know they're the side thing the actual treasure for me is god okay i get that i do get that i understand i and i, I think the point i was making was that uh, the other things come because of that maybe hmm yeah well also, no, because good people suffer and die. That's true. Some some good people suffer the worst deaths and the worst lives. That's true, but it depends on their outlook. Yeah. As well. I mean, some people, there's, uh, what is it, Yuval Noah Harari, I just read this book, uh, A Brief History of Sapiens or something, and there's, uh, I think it's what it's called. It was on the Kindle, so it's, you can't, like, you know, you don't like a fucking book cover. I don't know, Kindle, Kindles kind of bother me. I got, my mom gave me one, and it's like... <laughs> Do you have a Kindle? You know what I'm talking about? I, I've had them before. Yeah, I, I like having a book. You know, <laughs> like, I don't know, the Kindle. And I got, anyway, I charge my book. I don't know, it's, anyway, uh, thanks, Mom, for getting me if you're watching now or listening. <laughs> that, I do like it. It's my dad's old one. Anyway, so, um, what was I saying? Oh, uh, uh, there's a part of it that's like the idea of happiness does not, you know, come from material wealth. It, there's been pr- studies proven that somebody, a, a paraplegic in a car accident, or because of a car accident, paralyzed because of a car accident, has just been as happy as the person who won the lottery that day 10 years later because of how their outlook on life and how they adjust to the situation. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not saying that I want to be paraplegic, but... Yeah, no one wants to suffer. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> is, you but, should not want to suffer. Yeah, I mean, as long as it's not super painful. But suffering does come from uh, the expectation and the desire, right? Part of suffering is the expectation, as you said, you know, so like being content is like uh, that, that, and that's a Buddhist prop, uh, property is, hey, yeah. live with what you have, be content with what you have. If you eliminate the uh, desire yeah. and expectation, then you eliminate the suffering. Yeah. So, so I guess that was the can of worms of just like what, what kind of desire is like something that you should or should not have. Like if yeah. someone, is it is it terrible to desire to be out of a, like if you're, not to get too dark, but like if you're like a, a prisoner of war or something like that, you're in horrific suffering. Yeah, you know I don't. I would desire I've, to get out of that. That's for yeah, sure. I'm not thought, a fucking Buddhist monk. <laughs> I, yeah, I would want to get out of that. Yeah, I would. You know, I'm at the end of the day, someone who's in that situation will. I think I think they should desire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would go that far. To they should desire to to exit that situation and to, you know, yeah, to live a better life. Uh, the only difference, the difference between I think, from my perspective, is that my desires are oriented toward the life to come, mm. and so, mm-hmm. and that, I think is is the big, I think that, that, kind of gives me like the broad a much a broader perspective than I would have otherwise to just exit a situation, mm. or to get to a better situation. Hmm. Interesting. Really. I want to tie this back to music. How, yeah. how, <laughs> but 
I'll that's keep, how we started. I think it, we went. You know, my faith informed my music. Well, we've unpacked a good bit of. My yeah, faith, so I'll talk good. faith all day because I, I find it fascinating. As I said, I, I, I read about it. I you know I, I read different religious books and books about religion. Well, I appreciate I find, your digging, <laughs> a little bit too, and like challenging me. Hopefully not in a bad way. No, not at all. Because like, I also like mythology too, and mythology and religion have a hand. They 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 go hand in hand throughout history, right? So this concept, I, I find both fascinating about how they uh, how we structure uh, communities and society and civilization around them too are really important. So I hope I, again, I hope I didn't offend you by, by digging. If no, if, if you're, if anyone, if I have, if I'm offended by people digging, then I don't think that I've done, <laughs> I have a, a solid worldview, you know? That's a great point. It's yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. If, a chip at your, your, you, you don't want to <laughs> be part alone. of a faith or, or anything that just like crushes all questioning. Yeah. Three this. questions in, you're just like, <laughs> it's like, actually, no, <laughs> no, you're not allowed to ask that question. It's like, well, okay, we need to, Lands. We need to land somewhere. That's true. Yeah, I, I appreciate that you have that out, outlook. Some people do not have that. They really yeah. start to buckle under a couple of questions, yeah. like innocent questions. Just like, can you define it? And they're just like, well, why do you need me to do that? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I've seen, <laughs> seen situations like, well, that, I mean, that's uh, many people who have left the faith. That's one of their big their big beefs with it is, mm. you know, the uh, no, no freedom to ask questions without being like kind of uh, stigmatized or ostracized. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. And that's yeah. cult. That's a yeah. cult situation is when you cannot situation. question yeah. the leader or the doctrine or something. Yeah. That's, and that that can be dangerous. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'd rather have some funny views and be ready to, you know, <laughs> yeah. to talk about them and then figure out, you know, what's going on rather yeah. than like just be like, come on now. Absolutely. And yeah. I also I gotta admit I don't like it when somebody's just like, oh God doesn't exist. Or so I anybody who's absolute in that type of way is just like, I I, I say I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I probably never will. So sure. might as well ask questions, investigate, see what's up. I'm not going to tell you that it's not real or is real or not. I don't know. Yeah. Might. Um, but to connect it back to the music, what, what do you think that, like, because music seems to be a big part of your life. You went to Loyola. That's another connection that we didn't talk about earlier. We Now, you were behind me by a, a bit, of, so we weren't at school at the same time. But you were also in the music education program, right? Yes, I was. Yeah, that's right. With Sam, Sam Friend, maybe? Yes, I was. Yeah, okay, yeah, because he was the original. He was a little piece. ahead of me, but I was okay. in school with him for a bit. Okay, um, so what is it about music that maybe, like, w- what about your faith, potentially, if we want to connect to that, uh, flows into music? How is that, why is that channeling of energy, why does that make sense to you, as opposed to another path, as opposed to some other pursuit? Yeah, well, uh, I've had to sort that out a good bit myself, because <laughs> it's like, well, Oh, man. Where do I even start? <laughs> so much. Uh, for for me, like, my purpose in life is not to be a musician, first, uh-huh. and, for, first and foremost. Uh, I, as a Christian, my, my, like, dream is to bring glory to God. Okay. And so, um, ultimately, everything that, that I do in some way has to... Um, to make God look, uh, look to be something a relationship with Him to be something that's like desirable and good, mm-hmm. and beautiful, mm. um, and not a burden. Okay. Yeah, and so, yeah. one of the way that that plays into my music is like, even though I'm not necessarily speaking about like singing a Christian song, mm-hmm. most of the time I'm not. Uh, but you know, I want it, I want to. I want people to see what like a uh, the stability that a relationship with God can give hmm. to a person. 
Okay. And so, like, I think, yeah, you mentioned, like, feelings of, you know, like, hominess and love and the, a lot of these feelings that people, like, really want to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, for for me, it's like I, I try to use the the stories that I tell and the songs I write about as kind of like a case study for what it could be like to have a relationship with God mm. through Jesus. Okay. And they, and they don't have to actually be specifically about Jesus or about God. Yeah. But it's like the, the, but, the yes. Yeah. They're not, but my life is specifically about. Yes. So, so, so it comes out in the storytelling, even though it yeah. could be something else. You're, you could be like cheapest flight, for example, is about, uh, a relationship. What actually was that? Was that a real relationship or like an actual? It was. It was. Yeah. Was it? The, you were dating somebody when you played with us for a bit. It was like a long distance thing. You had met at like. Uh, a, that was her. Yeah. yeah, that was the one. That's still yeah. going on. No, or? it's not. Oh. <laughs> I know. It was sad. It was, I was oh. sad to release it and be like, well, <laughs> it's such an optimistic song, but we did break up. But you know, <laughs> that's just kind of you know. Hey, that's long. Di- people break up. <laughs> they do, <laughs> and long distance makes it even more. I mean, that's that's a hard. Yeah, but long, I, long distance is hard. I still thought the song was cool because just like it's, a great song. it's such like a uh, it's such an infatuated song. Like, yes, it's it's very like uh, like resolute mm-hmm. and like we're gonna do this kind of song, which I think uh, you know I hope to experience that feeling again someday. Well, yeah. you also I saw you post the the then and now, so this song was all the way back from that time period. Yeah, like twenty eighteen. I saw you with Rob and uh, Alicia, right? McKenna, Alicia, yeah. yeah. McKenna, Alicia, sorry, and. Um, uh, and and so how did that how did this song progress cheapest flight from that period if, if you all are interested you can look up on your Instagram you had a video that was like a then and now yeah. of performing it in like 2018 I think or something like mm-hmm. that um, how did it did it, how did it progress and change over time or um, or how did you incorporate some of these more uh, I mean if people listen to the song there's, there's obviously there's like synth stuff and there's like I mean um, is it Trent O'Neill on drums like it is Trent yeah yeah, I mean, it's like it's almost like Prague or jazz fusion elements. So I don't know what I was thinking or whatever. I mean, I was listening to a lot of Jacob Collier at the time. Oh yeah, I, I could tell it too. Could yeah. be a little bit of a little. <laughs> yeah, but that I was listening to Sufjan Stevens and Jacob Collier. <laughs> I should have said I, I. I almost thought about writing that down too. Fuck, I should. I would have nailed it. Yeah, Jacob. So yeah, I was like really interested at that point, and you know, thick yeah. arrangements and and kind of like. <laughs> being all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> no. Go thick, baby. No Go thick. No T-H-I-C-C. <laughs> thick arrangement. Thick arrangement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess it started out on the guitar and it, I kind of built out from the from the different parts that were on the guitar. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and at the time I was recording, I recorded except... For, so Rob Kellner's on keys. Yeah, Trenton's own Trent is on drums, and the rest is me. Oh wow, wow, that's and awesome. So I mean, you can see how just sitting in your room, you just might stack and stack and stack, and never be oh, able to stop. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> that's the that's one of the things I'm actually trying to like fight the gut reaction to dry to make my arrangements so incredibly thick. Because when you go to mix them, it's like, what do you want to even be like the focal point anymore? <sighs> it becomes challenging. But I love I love layers. Like that's the biggest thing which I'm trying to dive into myself. We were talking earlier before we started rolling. Um, which I talked about in Crooked Contemplations, the bonus episode, Crooked Contemplations number one, for those who want to check that out. Uh, just of changing course, of finally doing it, of, get, of kind of moving away from teaching, which I've been doing for 19 years this coming fall. I've been teaching for 19, I know. Awesome. Yeah, I, I know, I look younger than I am. <laughs> but um, 
yeah, it's crazy, but it's just like, you know, what is that? There's no pension plan. I've just been doing it forever. It kind of supports me, and it's like, I think I've just got to take the leap, and I've been working steadily on um, my own stuff for a long time with all these, like, little kernels and starting to do it, but I just love, like, I love performing live, don't get me wrong, but having a studio, much like you have, and just doing whatever. It's like a, it's a, you're a mad scientist. It's yep. like your laboratory, and you get, and you can just do whatever, and I, and I, I mean, some things merit a stripped down, sparse, basic. But some things are just fucking fun to record, like eight guitars <laughs> <laughs> and like three keyboards and That's a synth. Like there's, it's just and like and then like twenty vocals, you know, because they're all in different parts. Like Jacob Collier has one song. It's like eighty of him, I think, on, on I bones or something. And it's <laughs> like. Nuts. It's that, nuts, but but it sounds so good. It sounds so good. So I, there's a danger that you can really mess up. But but also it's like um, or like Fiona Apple. Are you do you like Fiona Apple? I checked out that uh, Fetch the Bolt Cutter. Oh my god, so good, right? That's a good record. Yeah, she did that on GarageBand. Like and all there's the mistakes in it that she would just re-record over. That's why it's just, it's like layered because it'd be like oh shit. She's like messed up a drum part. She's like I'll just leave that in there and I'll like record something on top of it. And it's like the, there's dogs barking in the background sometimes. And that idea of just the organic. I mean, we're not all Fiona Apple, so that doesn't mean that you can do that and have a hit record or something. Or like a, yeah. really, like a lot of people are going to check it out. But I think the idea, like, you're enjoying the process. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I'm, I'm much for, uh, I just want, I'm trying to get to the point where it's like the song itself speaks so strongly mm-hmm. that you could just either just do a guitar. You can do almost any arrangement, and the song, like, is just good. I hope I can get get there, and I think so much of it has to do with like your ability to tell stories and, sure. ev- and evoke emotions. Like, it's so difficult. How can you make somebody feel something? <laughs> how, how do you take yeah. something as a nebulous as an emotion? Yeah, and then like put it inside it? of somebody else's mind. It's <laughs> insanely difficult. It is. Yeah, it's it's. There's a telepathy to it. Um, you know, you're transcribing. It's like the art, like the energy flows through you. I mean, and this, you know, if, if you call it God, this God, or the muse, whatever people call it, it's like some sort of like you're grasping. I love the idea of the muse. Muses are cool. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you're grasping something from like a river of creativity and somehow you pull it out. And and if you and if you do it right, you can you can do your best to communicate that. And it's going to be imperfect because it's, it's, it's almost impossible, ineffable things to transcribe and translate to somebody else. But there is something about... You're sending it out to the world, mm-hmm. and it's like like reading St- the Stand by Stephen King. You know, like that man wrote that in the '70s, yeah. and yet he's living in your mind now. Yeah. He talks about that in his book on writing about this uh, this concept of like it, it's it's almost like a message in a bottle that mm. you, you, you're sending. It is a, a type of telepathy. Like he had a thought, he wrote it down, and now you're reading it. Yeah, and he lives in your mind. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Art art is amazing. Yeah, just like. The power that it has, for good and for for evil, which I think is is kind of. I guess so. What are, what are some examples? I mean, I I'm, I'm sure if I sit here and think about it, what are some evil examples? Uh, I guess of art. <laughs> I just watched Woodstock '99. Oh God, I haven't watched that. Is when it, they it, stinking yeah. burn down the entire like festival complex, yeah. riot, rapes, like all this kind of Ugh. stuff. It's like tie. Uh, and what the one of the things they mention is they're just like we put all of, like the hardest hardcore bands in the same spot, gave them no water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
put them on tarmac and then just blasted this music that's just like violently angry yeah. <laughs> them the whole time and then they of course like became became started to embody like what yes what well, the energy to. that surrounded them yeah. of course they became conduits yeah. for that but like if uh the there some people kind of make the argument that like if you're if you're listening to to music that's super angry or has like a bleak outlook that it can be cathartic mm-hmm. um you yeah. know and i think in moderation that can be true but also i think that i agree like uh maybe it's maybe it goes the other way around too like either you become you start to embody what you listen to but also you are what you eat yeah kind of like yeah but also <laughs> i think maybe some some there's there's also the other side that is if you have like a, a propensity and like it's already like a predisposition mm-hmm. uh for for like anger or violence or hatred and then you feed yourself music with anger and violence and hatred it can compound the, the issue that stands within you that, i think so that too. can be uh <laughs> yeah you know so i think that as musicians we have like a we have that like we should be making music that promotes you know the, the what we see is should be the best in ourselves and and, and like humanity as a whole yeah which you know I, I can see the other side of it just being like you know i get to listen to that stuff it's cathartic it helps me not do those things in real life <sighs> too yes it's like watching horror movies or reading horror stories or something yeah. but, if talk- I, mm-hmm. but yeah if i had to plant my feet in the sand on something like that i would definitely i think that music in general should should have a a warmth to it Hmm. No, I, I, I completely agree for my own music. I, and, I, and there's something about like putting on some heavy music. Um, I, I often will dip into, t- I like Tool. Um, but they have really cool, li- I mean, th- their message is actually not dark at all. It's just the music's a, he- a little heavier, but it's like prog rock, really. Yeah. Um, Alice in Chains, I love that, you know, I love listening to some Alice in Chains sometimes. Um, and some hard rock from '90s, you know, some Pearl Jam and stuff. Um, but they all have like decent messages. Nothing's like mean or angry, or like certainly don't advocate for like violence or anything like that. Um, in fact, if anything, they're about being misunderstood. You yeah. know, the same thing like with Nirvana. You know, uh, I'm not a huge Nirvana f- person, but uh, yeah, they, I, they had some shocking lyrics. Nirvana. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. song called "Rape Me." <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that one. <laughs> but it's like, but let's be about being betrayed, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so like it's not about like raping somebody; it's about it's about feeling betrayed. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm no expert on Nirvana. But how did some of these things? If I were to tie it back to like Righteous Man, that's your album that came what 2018? 18, yeah. 18, yeah. So like, like even just the title track, uh, uh, right? I'm not a I I'm not a righteous man. I've done you know sin or something. What, what are some of the some of the lyrics again? The content of that? Yeah, I was just the, listening to that last that, night. Yeah, that that song was. Uh, yeah, like an admittance of sin, that mm-hmm. it is in me. Yeah, and that it'll, you know, it it will present itself, hmm. uh, and that you know, because a lot of times, like for Christians, like the view is that like we think of ourselves as being self righteous, or like you know, I'm Christian, so I'm a good person, and you're not Christian, so you're a bad person. Kind yes, of, that's what like, we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah and so before. the 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 idea of that song is like no, uh, you know, I I have sin within me, the same as any other person. Mm, okay. uh, you know, and I'm not a like I'm not a person who did bad things and now I do good things. Yes, like yeah. that's uh, that's not the that's not the Christian understanding of, of morality. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm glad that you that you see it that way. Um, so, 
what about some of those processes and like the singles that you've released uh, since then? Um, do you have like is do, do, <laughs> I'm trying to like think about the right way to, to ask this. Um, is this something that is like just passion that you put out, or has that helped you also like uh, obtain gigs, or, or as you said, you now have a band, or is it like something that you hope? you know, to, to, to have it grow? I mean, as you said before, you're being content with where you are regardless of what's happening. Sure, but aspirations potentially, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah, I have aspirations. Like, wait, the question you just asked me, can you reword it? Yeah, I guess it would be like all these things that you're releasing, do you, do you, um, do you see that a path continue onwards? Do you have hopes to tour your music? Do you have yeah. hopes oh, for, yeah. Yeah, for yeah, to have, um, like, you know, a lot of downloads or something? Yeah. No, I want to do this. I want to do this full time as my, my main job. Yeah. To, I want to be, uh, whether it's a bass player as a sideman or as a band leader and songwriter, mm -hmm. I just want to make music, uh, you know, to the glory of God and, and whatever way that, you know, he wants me to do it. Okay. And so that, like, I want to do it at a high level, though. Mm, I want to do. I, I want to do it, you know, in a way that's, um, that's not passive; it's active. Mm, okay. And so, yeah, I, totally I, I strive for excellence. I want to do like something really. You do. You're great. You're a great musician. Great bass. I remember that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Striving for excellence, which is which is a great quality. In fact, it's something that it's gotten in my way a few times of like being in groups that where I'm just like, what? Come on, we could be. Uh, we, we, we did, and, and like making people angry because it's like hey we're here for the hang man like it's all about the hang like come on yeah. just you know it's, uh, we're supposed to be here just dicking around having a drink I'm just like then what are we doing well, what's the point Yeah, I feel the exact same way yeah. I'm just like that's why I exited a lot of bands I was in that right before COVID hit I was in like eight or nine bands doing a lot of it cover music some of it really good I was in Waterseed at that time too nice. like, yeah that was a good band so good I is it a good band? They're still playing. Oh yeah, they they just played uh, French Quarter Fest and Jazz Fest, and they did Wednesday at the Square. Yeah, they they've had some. Waterseed was killing. Yeah, they still are. Uh, I actually left because um, during COVID they were like, "Well, we're still going to meet every Monday for rehearsal." And I was like, "There's no gigs on the books. It's COVID." Mm. It was like in the thick of it too. I was like, "I'm not comfortable with that." So I kind of bowed out at that point. And no slight to to Lou or any of the guys in that. That was like I made that choice. I was yeah. like. Oh, I appreciate you wanting me to be a part of this, but I'm uncomfortable with this right now. Um, but it's okay. Uh, yeah, Lindsay Smith, Kirk and Vines' new lead singer after Michaela, was in Watersea at the same time as me. Oh, cool. And then she left shortly after I did, mm -hmm. I guess, for different reasons. Um, but uh, so a couple more. I know we're, I want to be sensitive of your time. I know you have to get ready for a gig, right? We're, yes. We have probably yeah, we got one. Okay. Uh, two quick questions. Uh, one is why did you decide to leave uh, music education? Or you know, the education after you, I think you'd completed. Yeah, I did music ed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, why, why, why the pivot at, at the end of it after doing all the work and the second, I'll ask, I'll ask second, but it's, it's more promotional. Okay. So. Yeah. The, uh, well, uh, I stepped down from, I did, I went through music college for music education. Mm -hmm. I was, I took so many hours too, cause I tried to keep up with the jazz guys. Mm. So I would take I would take that and then I would take all the improv classes and stuff like that. I, so much you know, I was just shy of a jazz ma jazz minor. Me too. Uh, Me too. Yeah. But yeah, the I I student taught at North Shore High School, and it was the cushiest, best student teaching gig you could possibly get. It was great. They gave me lots of chances to work with the students. They threw me in with classes almost immediately. Mm -hmm. um, and I just 
maybe it was just my maturity level at the time or I'd never experienced being a, like a leader in front of a lot of people. It was it was a nightmare for me. I just hated it so really? much. I Why? Hate, what about it? I just didn't like uh I get it was stressful for me that working with so many people at the same time. But also coming coming from church and working in youth ministry since I was uh basically since after right after I finished high school, I went back and volunteered mm-hmm. with the youth of my church. Uh, you know, it's such a personable way to work with teenagers. You know, there's like there's the teaching and the Bible studies and like, but also like you're eating meals with them, mm. going on trips with them, like, uh, like go, go grab like coffee and like be personable mentor relationship. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, one of the things that was a big kind of sticking point for me was that just like, you can't, you can't do that with 200 band students. You can't get on that personal level. No, and yeah, also and idea. also another frustrating thing was like, if a student, I would see stu- I would have students who, you know, couldn't keep up with the rest of the class, and they were, they just weren't as experienced. Mm-hmm. You know, if I could have gave them the, the personal time to, basically teach privately or something like that, we could have got them back, got them on track mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah, but you know, just working with that many people, it was just uh you know. It it felt I would rather do a, a very big thing for one person than a uh, kind of all right a little bit for a lot of people. It's a big problem with the education system is the is the uh, the ratio of student to teacher becomes this thing where kids start getting lost because everyone has to keep yeah and not, and the rising tide does not literally raise all boats yeah. in, in education. <laughs> right? Not to mention there was you know with Louisiana schools mm-hmm. you have to send in lesson plans of every lesson you do uh, and like. Really? Yeah. Because I did my student teaching at Holy Cross, and it didn't seem that 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 it didn't seem to be that way. Maybe it was because that was a private school. That might be it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, it's it's been a minute, so yeah, could be you know, in my mind, it's just like inflated times ten. Maybe <laughs> maybe it was just a few lesson plans. But what I, I remember is you had to do a ton of lesson planning, yeah. and it's like uh, so much reporting of what you're doing to the school board, and it's like. You have to measure music according to like certain standards, which is already just frustrating. Because yeah. like, how do you be like give I, a student an A or a B in music? It's, you you gave you gave your all, and you don't sound great. Yeah, you gave your all. It's like that's the that's yeah, giving all your all. Yeah, is, is an A because it's A. You know, yeah, it's, it's art. It's much yeah. more difficult to quantify. Yeah. So that was a, a sticking point. Also, you know, I wanted if I was going to do it, I wanted to have like a large band in in those those days they they were you know taking them on trips with buses and all that and, you know mm-hmm. I didn't was not comfortable I was like I'm 21 22 I'm not going to take 200 students to Orlando <laughs> it's like you know that's, yeah that's huge so yeah. there's just like a compounding of things they wanted and, you to do that as a student teacher no they didn't they okay, did, but I was just, like if, I saw oh, I was seeing what the job would entail oh, if I, I was see, to yeah. do it to the highest degree and if I was going to do it I was yeah. going to do it that's how 100%. you like it yeah you want to do it you want so, you're in you love making yeah, great sounds yeah but I was sounds, like yeah. I don't think I could I think I could. And also, I was like, "Well, I, I won't be able to play music." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's key. why I wanted to be a band teacher because I love music. So yeah. I'd rather work with you know, a, a set select few people that I can mentor mm-hmm. highly and and also play at a high level. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that was just a. I did that, and it just yeah, I, I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't sign up for that. I would rather just play music or do something else. That's wonderful that you figured that out because a lot of people, uh, it takes time. 
Yeah. Or they, I know, I know people in my years, you know, at Loyola who who, who went. To, I think one worked at Bonneville, somebody else, this, that, or the other. And like in a couple of years, they're just like, "Fuck this," <laughs> you know. I have <laughs> seen a lot of people who got into to teaching and well, because they promise you, they're like, "Well, you know, give it a year or two, and you're gonna love it." You know, yeah. once you get your feet in the ground, yeah, and you understand. Sure. And for some people, for that some, might be true. But yeah. my gut told me from like the second I walked into me like too. student teaching, I was yeah. like, "This is not for me." I'm yeah. I chose Holy Cross. I remember Nick Voltz highly encouraged me to uh, remember Nick, the trumpet professor. Yeah, he encouraged me to because uh, I had him for like brass class the year before, and he, or maybe the semester, whatever. And he's like, dude, just make sure to scope out your school. Make sure to check it out. This is where you're gonna spend like so much of your life for a whole semester. And yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Be, and I'm actually glad I did. It was great advice, but I'm glad I didn't because I picked Holy Cross just based on some things I read, whatever. I was just like, I was like, I didn't even know where it was. It, the, the address they had was the old campus. So like, I actually went to the old campus the first time because that's what Loyola had in their pamphlet. I, I oh. was like, yeah, nothing new. <laughs> anyway, um, the, it ended up being this experience where an all boys school. I that's went to a place pump. in uh, Gentilly. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I've been over there. By like short kind of area, or like, yeah, Lakeview. Kind of like, yeah. Um, yeah. And Chris Guccione was actually teaching there as the drum. Trent was my student. Nice. Tr- yeah. Trent was a sophomore oh. when I was, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's really funny now. It, and who he is now is so different. I mean, it's so funny. The parade, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. Like, yeah. the difference in the personality as he's grown older. It's awesome. You know, it kind of blossomed into this, like, you know this this uh i don't know personality um but uh yeah it was like uh, you know holy cross is all boys private school catholic or uh the, the religious component right um i went to public school uh, you know boys and girls no dress code all this stuff just a totally different thing the way they treated music there and like it was just totally different and that was awesome having the experience and it taught me like i was like oh shit i don't want to do this I was like, I'll teach private lessons. I'd like that. The one-on-one, making a yeah. big impact. I, as I said, I've been doing it for a long. I've been doing that since I was a sophomore in high school, um, to this day. Uh, and then I was also doing some part-time work after college at um, McMaine, and that was kind of cool to just go in there and work with a small group of students and everything for decent money. So, but like the idea of just being a band director, I was like, oh my god, no. I was like, it just, it, it was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Like yeah. that's not what I'm here for. You know, it, there's definitely like, there's a breed for it. Yeah. Some There's people, a certain yeah. kind of kind of people that's they thrive in that environment. Yeah. As with, you know, most professions and things like that. But. Absolutely. Um, okay, and then the last question, I guess, I suppose, oh, yeah. uh, is uh, New Orleans Underground, this playlist that you've been curating. Can you tell us about this, this community? Oh, my gosh. Right? I should have wore New Orleans Underground merch. <laughs> you got your shirt on, yeah. Uh, well, you yeah. get the hat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, man! Oh, the jacket. Okay, never mind. But uh, yeah, there's a jacket. Looks dope. These yeah, are great. Like hat, the, jacket, the black but, and the yellow and everything. Yeah, yeah it's a good, I mean, good color scheme. Yeah, that's true. But that is all secondary <laughs> to the actual playlist. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I curate a New Orleans a playlist of original music. Please, if you have original music, and you're in the New Orleans area and gigging there, please show me. Cause I gotta dig a lot. Yeah. It takes a lot of hours to find yeah. the bands, and I like I always. Uh, I always contact the bands individually, each person. You contacted me when you put Crooked Vines. You put uh, What's Wrong With Me or one of them, right? Yeah, I think it was What's Wrong With Me. Yeah, I I appreciate that. Thank you. But yeah, yeah. Thank you for thank you for being on it. I hope that you enjoyed the the music. So yeah, it was good. Thanks. And the uh, yeah, it's so it just yeah, I reach out to each artist and I have to like I talk with them a lot. So it takes a good good amount of work and it's difficult to find like new artists after a while because i've already was this like this i put 25 20 to 25 tracks each time 
And we're going on the 8th one. Oh, okay. Is that monthly you do this? Monthly. monthly. The 22nd of every month. Okay. 22nd. Okay. Yeah. It's Um, it's been awesome, though, because I've, you know, been able to be, like, especially entering back into the scene. mm -hmm. It's been super great to be able to meet so many musicians. Right. uh, You know. And have a reason to meet them that doesn't seem like, oh, I'm just like saying, hey, I'm some guy, oh, a bass player. You know, it's yeah. like somebody, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to have a, a point of connection and to be able to get, hopefully give them something. Sure. It's exactly a part of this podcast situation. It's like I'm meeting some people I, I'd never met before. They've reached out. Landoni had reached out to me. Uh, this one guy, Dustin Gaspar, he couldn't do it, but uh, he lives in Lafayette. But but people like I've never met, never heard, you know, other people I know uh, in a cursory capa- capacity and all of a sudden you know we're having this intimate conversation basically uh, talking about stuff promote promoting each other um yeah. you know to, uh, maybe collabing in the future i've talked about that with alfred banks who's been on and sleazy easy and some other people about this idea of like me or the crooked vines like whatever and that's and that's not exactly the point but it's a great um it could be a great thing you know that comes from it like an offshoot thing that happens right um, but if it doesn't, that's okay too. We have this awesome connection. Yeah. But yeah, New Orleans Underground, it's a playlist of all, all original music from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was, I usually, I usually try not to put, I try not to put like world, world acts, so to speak, or mm-hmm. like, like I, I haven't put like the meters on or something like that. Cause sure. I want it to be some, you know, underground, like yeah. something, you know, up and coming musicians, not necessarily like yeah. fully established world acts. Yeah, uh, but then but then again, like last, I was at the Poncha train and uh, I was with Herlin Riley. Mm. <laughs> and I was just talking. About, he's like, "New Orleans Underground, what's that?" I was like, "Oh, it's my place." To be. He's like, "How come I'm not on it?" Yeah, I was like, "Well, I'll put you on." <laughs> yeah. What are you gonna say? No. Yeah, right <laughs> like, to Herlin Riley. No, yeah. no, Herlin Riley. You can't be on my play New Orleans playlist. No, yeah. <laughs> you have to be. So he's on this. <laughs> That's this awesome. Month. That's yeah. gonna be cool. Well, sometimes you can put those people on there because they're still yeah. like they maybe. Yeah, you know, the song hasn't been gotten, it's not like, you know, hasn't gotten the press for perhaps, or it's still kind of underground. Even people who are well known, it can still yeah. be, it's a hard That's industry. True. It is. Yeah. And it's, uh, I'm just, I'm excited to uh, have a platform to be able to like bring a lot of original musicians together. Mm-hmm. I hope one day to do like a concert ter- series, maybe like quarterly concert Dude, series. That's a great idea. And just um, feature different acts from the thing. Yeah. yeah. To do some some stuff like that, like I eventually want it to be, you know, I want it to uh, be, you know, an entity rather than just like just a playlist. I'm hoping for it to be like, you know, kind of like a thing that people rally around and kind of be like, all right, sweet. So we're like we're New Orleans and we we make original music. We're not just we're Mm -hmm. not just trad music and jazz music. Not no shading is trad trad music and funk and all that kind of stuff. I play all that, but like, uh, you know, I. People from New there's Orleans. There's not an but... emphasis. It's at least there's not as much of an emphasis on original music, especially song-based music, uh, yeah. in New Orleans, unless mm-hmm. it's like in the quote-unquote traditional New Orleans style. Like mm-hmm. if someone's like an Alan Toussaint type songwriter, yeah, like yeah, that that's the kind of the stuff that usually gets the attention here. Sure. Other right. than like Tank and the Bangas, who's you know yeah. like becoming more national, but that's yeah, that's, that's a different style. That, but um, yeah. well, you know, hey, I'd be interested. What we're do- trying to do with Crooked uh, Conversations. Um, and then Flipkart Marketing, my buddy Colton, who's been on, uh, we're going to see there's a festival, uh, Reset Fest, 
um, that we're that's next month that we're talking with Winter Circle Productions about having crooked conversations, basically interview artists like LCD Sound System and whatnot mm -hmm. as they get off stage, doing like live stream and little video clips, and then compiling like giving them the audio content, like just like five to ten minutes of just talking with them after either before stage or whatever mm -hmm. back, and then making episodes, and then I kind of want to pitch that to venues around the city like Tipitina's or Joy Theater or something, and be like. I'd be part of various shows sometimes where I just, you know, we're incorporating this element to give it an even more dynamic. It's on different social media platforms and it comes out as a podcast. So it's not just like the WWOZ or Offbeat podcast where it's just kind of like this one. Th it's not this exactly where we're mm -hmm. having an interview conversation. It's also like we're on the scene getting perspectives from people that uh, wouldn't normally be able to get that perspective. You know, so if you're interested in teaming up some time for the New Orleans Underground thing, with then we could have like a podcast element as well. Uh, that's like, kind of cool. Yeah, so it's like a kind of a there's a multi, there's a multifaceted thing. There's a there's a concert. There's a small short. It doesn't have to be long. Short conversation. There's people talking. Yeah, that'd be cool. Some live streaming or not, and then it comes out later as a thing. So it's just like kind of tagging and talking and keeping something growing. And then because I want to make a community. I made a Discord for this. Uh, the Crooked Vines, or Patreon, we used to put a lot of things, uh, the videos used to be exclusive there, but we have a lot of exclusive content that is con is banned as well as connected to the podcast. So, you know, I think the idea of making a community, mm -hmm. right? That's And I, I believe that's what you're talking about going for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something around it. I don't know. We, we talk about that, you know, once the camera stops. Sure, off. we will. So, um, speaking of, okay, uh, wait. Oh, yeah, yeah we got to wrap things up. So, uh, what uh, what can we plug? So, of course, Cheapest Flight, that's out right now um, under Taylor Morowski. Yes. Okay. I keep, I keep looking at you. Did I say it right? Because I want to say Morowski, but I know I said Morowski. Morowski. What? Morowski. Morowski. Yeah. Morowski. Morosky. Morosky. There you go. Okay, Taylor Morosky. Yeah. Um, I'll take all, all approximations of, of the okay. name, though. It's a tough one. M R O S K I. And uh, that's so that's yeah. on uh, Spotify. You said M R O? M R O S K I. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, and that's on, uh, like I said, Spotify and Apple, all those places, uh, Cheapest Flight, as well as your, there's other singles. Um, uh, I forget their names, uh, leading back a bit. Yeah, yeah, I got a... Uh, yeah, I got... There's a few singles, yeah. and then there's your album, Spot Righteous Five. Man. Yeah. yeah, look it up. And then um, New Orleans Underground, you can find that through. Uh, you have two different handles now, which uh, are both accessible. Is it, you look I would say for just follow, follow Taylor Morosky. Okay, because there's also Taylor Morosky. Yeah, I, have, I started a base Instagram for yeah. algorithmic re reasons. Okay, <laughs> smart. It's hard to, yeah. But it's, it's barely off the ground, so, you know, just... Just go to Taylor Morosky. All right, cool. I'll be. T I'll, I'll tag them both in yeah, the, uh, the description great. of this video, and I'll put your website. You have a very. You sent me an EPK thingy. I, I, uh, I, yeah. We're gonna take a selfie probably for my Instagram, but nice. um, I'll I'll make sure to put your website on the uh, on the description Good. of the uh, of, awesome. of the episode that's on Apple Podcasts. Nice. So any oh what what do you have coming up? What gigs today? You're at Copeland's. Anyone who's yeah. on the North Shore, go to Copeland's. Yeah, yeah, yeah got Copeland's. Uh, what else you got? What else do I have? I know this. I have to pop out my calendar. But, uh, just go to taylormorosky.com. I keep my my list. Updated. It's a clean website. Did you make it? Did you have it made? I made it. Damn, dude. Yeah. Also, did you do all your like mixing and mastering and everything? I, no, I just do my recording and then I outsource the mixing and mastering. Oh, okay. It sounded very good. It sounded very good. Curry so. Winborn. Okay. Loyola alumnus. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, did the mixing and uh, mastering Bruce Barriel. Awesome. Well, it's, it's really incredible. Yeah, I love it. It's the mixing, that, that sick synth bass. I think that's the one right there, maybe. That's or, the one. Wow. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that song <laughs> quite a bit. I was, I was impressed with the, the 
yeah, like I said, that, that combination of the Sufjan, the J- Jacob Collier, and all the different stuff really melded together well. I really enjoyed it. Thank so, you. Yeah. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you. And so- thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your time. Yeah. We talked about this, the, the quality <laughs> of time. Thank you for helping me with the cassette tape and capturing a magic moment with my father. That's uh, going to mean a lot to me and, and my family and everything. It means a lot to me, and it will mean a lot to my family. Um, and it's special. Uh, and uh, thank you for the panini and the beer and the coffee and the <laughs> <laughs> I've had a fucking hell of a time, everybody. I'll tell you what. And uh, and I appreciate uh, yeah everything that you that you done. So um, oh, I'll have to tell the Lake Geneva story another time. That's I forgot yeah. about that. Like that when I got <laughs> that was messed up that, <laughs> on that tour. Was crazy. It wasn't what what why why? Well, no, it's just crazy. The you like recontextualize that whole story to me just like in one dude i fell off a stage and rolled my ankle but <laughs> but the stage was sketchy it was because it was like shaking was, up and down did they build it on top of trampoline <laughs> yeah, they did build it on top. What, that even, doesn't even make any sense why they would do that why would you do that was the weirdest part the of stage my... was bouncing like a trampoline and every <laughs> it was no the center of it i was i had to stay on the outside the, the cymbal stands were literally falling over <laughs> And it got so cold in the it summer. Remember, absolutely, we had to borrow their the jackets. The summer, yeah, at Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. And remember, it was like afterwards we said it was like a secret sex party. Everyone who was there was like all these like wealthy adults. It was the first person I ever met who had a Tesla, in like 2017 or something. Oh. And uh, the dad did. He took me for a ride because we had to pick up an, an adapter or something because James left something. It was like to connect oh, the yeah. speakers properly. And um, and then uh, pretty sure the, the wife slipped a mickey in my drink and then um and then everyone disappeared as soon as the music was done do you remember that it was yeah, like they, all the party people they yeah, just, they just like dipped. Went, they, we were all by no, ourselves they, like, went inside and we couldn't like get inside or something like it was just like it all of a sudden became very bizarre that was a strange night <laughs> a very strange night and that was it and then i and then we then i had to play a wedding the next morning i had to do the wedding ceremony on piano and then we played the wedding that night at the venue oh yeah that was that one yeah that's all coming back. <laughs> what a fun! Uh, that was a wild tour. Man. It was a tour. I appreciate that you you put up with us and did that. <laughs> I know that wasn't your, probably your bag. You're probably just what the hell did I get myself into? You probably you were shocked, wet behind the ears, fresh out of college, and you're just like, what am I doing? I, I was like, what's going on right now? <laughs> At that point, I am so especially. Sorry. But... I, I hope you don't hold that against me no, I don't. or the band or anything. No, I was no. like, that's tour life. Yeah. Where you're just like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, that was that was a wild tour. Well, the sheer number of people involved in that tour too. What do you mean? Like, made could made it could make it difficult to like, just like housing is more expensive. Oh, oh, like, how many people stuff. we brought with yeah, us? We yeah, we had yeah. a completely full van of people. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Anyway, okay, we, do need to we gotta go. All right, uh, thank you, Taylor, for so much for your time. Thank you for the fun, uh, all the stuff, and thank you everyone for tuning in and stay crooked.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.